Hi, it's Dan. Just letting you know that Ed Thompson's um, kindly going to send us a copy of The Unseen and a print from that book to celebrate the upcoming release of his new book, um, In a Garda de England. We spoke to him uh, a couple of weeks ago. What an amazing guy. We're going to give this book away, this copy of The Unseen and this print. All you need to do to enter is go and back his Kickstarter and um, send us proof. That's it. The second the Kickstarter successfully funds by the 14th of October, we'll pick a winner at random and we'll, we'll literally post you a book. So, so yeah, go, go back his Kickstarter. Um, you'll find a link in his bio. Um, you can find that in our, in our previous episode on Instagram. If you just go back through there or, or in the show notes, go back his Kickstarter let us know once you've done it, send us proof, and we'll, we'll enter you. Yeah, good luck, everybody. Hi, I'm Dan Higginson, and welcome to the 27th episode of the Idle Hand Society podcast, where we hope to discuss and learn more about effective creative process. Uh, no pull this week, but I am joined by visual artist Sarah Jane Field. Sarah Jane, how's it going? I'm good, thank you. Thank, thank you, you for, for joining me. No, thank you for inviting me. I'm flattered. <laughs> it's nice, actually. I don't think we've had a uh, a visual artist, someone that like literally defines himself as a visual artist before. It's because you're doing so much more than just sort of one thing. Like I've been absorbing your work over the last week or two since since Paul's introduced you to me, and like there's so much there. Like your work's quite eclectic. It's yeah. quite interesting. Well, that's one way of describing it, and I think some people. Um, some people get annoyed by that because it isn't one thing or another. Um, and some people wish I would just, I'm, I'm sure, you know, there, there are people, especially people who kind of started my journey with me and saw me start with photography a few years ago. And they probably think, why doesn't she just do photography? In fact, I know some people think that, but um, I just, uh, it's not enough for me. So I do, I do all sorts of other things and when, try and bring it all in together. When you say it's not enough for you, like... I'm really interested in this because um, I'm starting to feel the same way, right? This is, this is a thing for me at the moment. Like I was very much photography orientated and I kind of have been for a little while now and I'm starting to feel like I just, I just want to try other stuff and I don't really know where to start and I can't even really articulate myself. So I'm really interested to hear like your thoughts on how you started doing other stuff from photography and, and what that other stuff is. Um, okay, there's two things um, that I, I think is important for me to touch on. <laughs> um, one is like, um, I used to be an actor a long time ago, and I'm not one anymore, but it's kind of a really important part of who I am. And so when I started photography, I had all that history behind me, and I could bring it in. Um, and so you know, I, I didn't, I said, I said earlier on, I started with photography, but if I go back 30 years, I started with acting and, and, and then I came to photography even, and I'd left acting behind and suddenly I'd found an, another medium that could sort of work with acting in a way. Um, so, so I'm sort of bringing all sorts of things together, but, but, but that's sort of beside the point, I think, because I th if you look at what's happening on Instagram and on, on the internet and in the world, photography is still important, but moving image is is becoming more important as as files file sizes get smaller. 
um, and Instagram has dictated that they are no longer a photography sharing um, platform. They're now a you know um, a video platform. I, I think they're yes, they're they're very dictatorial, but I think they're actually just um, tuning into something that's happening anyway. Yeah. Um, and and actually, photography is great. It's fun. I, I, I totally disagree with anyone who says photography is dead. It's not dead. Um, I think that's a bit of a crazy thing to say, but it, it is quite frustrating because there's so much else available and it's so easy to do nowadays. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's a really good thing that more and more people have access to all these different technologies. It's, you know, it's really great. But because it's easy to do, it means we, we can all do it. We can all make little films. We can all make videos. We can all add text quite easily to, to these videos. You know, we can do so many different things. So, and I think that's why, you know, photography sort of, for some people, it, it is no longer enough. And and also, I find it, I find photography, um, sorry, I could talk about this for ages, so I'm really sorry if I bang on too <laughs> We've got as long as you want, but let's go for it. I find photography is um, quite tautological. By that, I mean... You know, it it says what what's already been said out in the world. It's say, it's repeating itself. It just it's it's a it's quite a repetitive right. um, thing, and and so that's quite frustrating. Um, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Is that, it, so? Like, is that what made you start playing around with things like video? Like that idea that some of these ideas were quite rote. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I, I just, so I, so I got really into photography about in 2000 when I had kids, like everyone, like lots of people, not like everyone, but like lots of people, you have kids and you start taking loads of pictures of them. And I started getting into it. And then I went through some stuff and, and like I zoned in on photography as a means of, I don't know, coping uh, as a, a way of distracting myself or, or processing some of the stuff I was going through. Um, and I got really into it and I was really obsessed with it. And I took millions of photographs and learned and did loads and loads and, you know, Instagram and Flickr. And I, I just, in fact, I kind of buried myself in all of that. Um, and, and then it just, I don't know, I got bored of what I was doing. It looked like everybody else's stuff. Everybody, like I was following all these people on Instagram and I was making work like everybody and everybody yeah. was making the same work. And, and I think it's because, you know, we've got so much access to each other now through social media that that happens. And it's a great way to learn. It's really good. I was like, oh, I'm so bored of my own work. Oh, my God. So I just... <laughs> <laughs> and then you, an echo chamber at times, right? Yeah, yeah. And it was like, oh, God, I just can't make, I can't take any more of these same photographs anymore because it's really boring the pants off me um so how would you describe your work back then like you, your the stuff that you were getting bored of so um i was really playing a lot with um shadows and reflections and all the stuff that people play with when they're learning photography and learning to you know control your exposure whether you're using a phone or whether you're using a a, a proper digital camera um, whatever you're using, you know, and, and you see it and it's really great work and it's really beautiful, but you see it time and time again. And I've done it 
it is just this amazing you know once you once you've learned how to control exposure it's really exciting it's like oh brilliant i can i can make this i can make this dark and i can highlight these um contrasts here that's wonderful and you make some beautiful stuff um and and you know and, and you copy lots of other very famous magnum photographers who do it and you know we've all done that i think well you know, I know lots of people who have, and I've certainly done it. I, I think um, I've tried. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I got really into all of that, and I loved it, and it was fun. And, and, and it's also really fun when, you know, people go, oh, your photography is so great. But, you know, you're just making what other people have made. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're just copying everyone. And I, I really had, because I was studying as well at the time, and um I had some great tutors who were really supportive of me, who kept saying, it's really good what you're doing, but but can we see you? Um, can we see a bit more of you, of what, of what you're capable of? And um, I remember halfway through that, that degree thinking to myself, I really just want to make work that I'm going to make, not that everyone else is making. Mm. And I have to say, as soon as I did that, I lost loads of followers <laughs> and my... Um, you know, my like count went down massively and, and I was just like, well, that's what I've got to do. I've got to experiment and I've got to break out of making the same stuff that's yeah, boring yeah. me. That's boring me. So, you know, if, if it wasn't boring me, it'd be fine. But was it, was- it just like, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm just maybe putting words in your mouth. I'm just trying to imagine what it's like. Are you having this question of, am I making work for me or am I making work for some random people I've never met on the internet? It was that like the thought process. Um, kind of, I think, I think with Instagram, it's, it's so, it's so hard to avoid the, (coughs) you know, the the kind of little buzz you get when you get lots of likes and all of that. It's hard. It's really addictive. And, and we can't be hard on ourselves because they spend an awful lot of money, um, researching how to make it addictive. You know, they don't, they don't. They don't research photography. They research casinos in LA. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and you know those one arm things, um, gambling machines, and and it is really addictive. And and I, you know, I said earlier on, I was going through a really bad time. So at the, at, you know, back in two thousand fourteen, two thousand fifteen. So it was really easy to allow myself to become sort of addicted to Instagram and making the same old photographs. Um, and it, it, it wasn't, I, I guess, you know, was, uh, I, am I making work for me? I, I've always been making work for me, even when it was, even when it, I've, I felt overwhelmed by making the same work as everybody else, making the same images as everybody else. Um, but I, I, yeah, I, it just wasn't, it wasn't satisfying me anymore. I'd, ha- I'd had enough. What was it, the first thing that you did where you were like, holy shit, this feels like me? Oh, wow, I don't even Do remember it. That yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, feels, it feels like you must be onto something, though, right? Because it sounds like you did a fairly drastic um, shift in gears at some point. I did. Okay, the first thing I did, I felt like me. Um, I, um, I have because I, I have to equate it to like the courses I was doing. So I just finished studying with the Open College of the Arts which is an online university and um, it suited me perfectly because I had young children. I was on my own as, you know, trying to work and do all these sorts of different things. So I thought about going to do an MA for years and years and years. 
Um, and it just wasn't going to work for me. But this open, you know, this this college online sort of, I didn't even sign up to do the degree. I just signed up to do one module. And then I did another module and then did another one. And then before I knew it, like six years had gone and I did the whole lot. Um, so I kind of equate everything to those modules that I did. So the first two or three modules I was just exploring. And then halfway through the course, I decided to make a film using um, Snapchat filters. And right. and I made the film using Snapchat filters for for like a number of reasons, but one of them was because it really picked up on this snobbery in photography, which I find really uncomfortable. I don't like it at all about different formats and, you know, and, and, in, and Snapchat's like the lowest of the low because it's filters and it's, you know, made, it's proprietary, it's, it's used by the masses. And um, so I decided to make a film with with these filters and i think that was probably the first me thing that what, I, you know. what was that film do you is um, that something that is yeah it's on, it's on my web it's still on my website i, I might take it off soon <laughs> um hang on i'll just uh make sure i give you the right name because as i t- said earlier you've, on, you've got quite a few projects right i i noticed this like you've i'm one of these terrible people that just sort of has lots of me, me and Paul had a conversation about this before. So I've got a lot of kind of what you would call like singles and I, I never really got it together to do a proper album yet. You know, like <laughs> I, I need, I need to start focusing on a project, like a collection of work. And that seems to be something that you've got down. I think I, I do think that that's, I got that from the co- the course I just finished. It was a really great course for me. It's, it, you know, lots of people really love it, but some people don't, you know, join it and it's not for them. Mm. But for me, it gave me, because I'm not very good at actually putting, putting my head down and, and finishing things, <laughs> but you had to, you had to, you know, if you wanted to pass the, the modules, you had to finish things. So it taught me and it gave me a structure and it gave me like little objectives and I never, you know, there were little briefs, which I never stuck to, but I did use, I, I used the structure as a kind of bouncing, you know, as, as a place to move from. Um, and then, and then it gave me flags to which I could work towards. So that's why I've got all those, those things that, you know, they've Do you think, was that one of your main things that you took from, from doing your degree? Um, yeah, I think it that definitely structure. It definitely yeah, it's, it's it definitely was one of the best things getting getting. But now what's weird is I've started my MA and 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 I think there's very little structure and and it's really I feel like I'm standing on this precipice um and and anything can happen and that's quite scary as well. I, this I is your it. MA you're doing at Central St Mines, right? Yes. Yeah, so I've just started 2 weeks ago. And it's a complete culture change and um, it's quite scary. <laughs> it seems mad. I, I used to work just on the road from Central St. Martins and you would see the students going in and out. Tanya, she's had students that have gone to Central St. Martins and it seems really prestigious. Yeah. Maybe there's, there's there's probably a lot of characters there. It, it's it, particularly going from like an open... Um, where was it you said you, you said you did a like an open, online. College, open college of arts is where open i was college and, of arts. And, and quite a lot of people um it you know it attracts a, a broad range of people but there's lots of retired people 
lots of people who, especially in the photography, who probably join wanting something slightly slightly more than a camera club, but are quite shocked when they join and realise that it's way more than a camera club. It's actually an art course. Um, and, and you know, a lot kind of fall by the wayside because it's too much for them. Already? Even after um, two weeks? No, 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 no. In the, in, uh, on the Open College of Arts. I'm not oh, talking okay. about it. No one's falling about the way. <laughs> no, I, th- I think anyone who gets into Central St. Martin's is like, I'm you here. No, up to. <laughs> please stay. <laughs> um, no, on the Open College. Um, so there's lots of retired people. No, they're all very young at St. Martin's. I feel really middle-aged <laughs> there. Um, um, so at the Open College of Arts, quite a few um, retired people or people at the end of their careers join. And, and I think... It, you know, when once I started experimenting, you know, I did get a lot of funny looks from from people. I got, I had some very supportive um, people as well. But some people like, like, what are you doing? Um, and I think now that I'm at Central St Martin's, people will probably look at me and think, why are you so boring? Because you know, everyone's so kind of out there, there and uh, and brave and experimental. So it anyway, seems very. See. Um, I'm trying to think of the right the right way to describe it. It, it sounds like there's a lot of fine art people there, right? I d- no, it's no. Do you know what's so great about the course I'm on? There are, there are. I'm sure there are fine art people there, but the, what's so great about the course I'm on is that he, um, Daniel Rubenstein, who runs the course, deliberately doesn't choose people from fine art. He, he, he chooses people who are are going to experiment and explore and take risks and and haven't been bogged down. Not that people from fine art don't do that. No, of course, of course. But but they haven't been, bo- you know, we all get bogged down by stuff. I had to unlearn a load of stuff that I learnt when I was at drama school, you know, uh, and I've had to unlearn stuff that I learnt about photography to begin with through the course that I just finished. So, yeah, no, it's I, it's not like that. I think it's really refreshing from what I've seen so far in the two weeks. It's incredibly refreshing and open and um you could do anything you could do anything it's not it's not uh it's not it doesn't seem precious right i mean i feel really grateful to be there and really lucky to be there but yeah it's also, yeah mm. yeah i imagine it's so early to say as well it I, is. Mean, I was, I was going to ask about whether or not you think you'll still be doing like like a continuation of the sort of projects that you're kind of working or you have been working on up until now but I imagine after two weeks, it's probably really hard to know what the future holds, right? I, I don't know. I, I really don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. Um, we had to do something just like brief at the beginning of this week or earlier this week. And uh, it was really hard. It was really hard to make something. And, and I kind of fell into some traps and kind of repeated what I'd done, and, uh, but, but in a bad way. I mean, you know, people didn't think it was, but I think it was in a, not not as helpful as it might have been so it, it, it is I have no idea what I'm going to do there's so much on offer there as well it's it's really great there's like I'll be able to learn you know if I'm able to yeah. I'll be able to learn loads and loads of different skills um all that there's loads on offer so um who knows I have no idea whether I'll still be making the same sort of stuff or whether I'll make something completely different I've got no idea that's I, guess that's, I guess that's a beautiful thing right the fact yeah. that the sort of the world your oyster and you can you can choose to go in kind of whatever direction you like yeah it is good um but it's also scary (laughs) it it is it's a bit overwhelming i have to say and i do feel a little bit frozen i feel a little bit petrified which i'll have to get over at some point (laughs) 
I, I'm sure it's probably just a bit of a bit of nerves of having started something new. Yeah. So speaking of something um, something new, can I just go back? You were mentioning yeah. acting at, at yes. the beginning of the chat. I'd love to to maybe work with some actors and that kind of. I just find I tell you what it is. Right, let me try and think of the right way of articulating this. The idea that somebody can abandon themselves and sort of step into a different personality completely fascinates me. D- do you think you took? I, I, maybe that's a loaded question. Is there anything you took from from acting, sort of further into your your art? Like, is there any sort of philosophies or or lessons that just completely map across? Yeah, that maybe you take oh, yeah. for granted or something. So, so, totally. Um, I think I think I wouldn't make the work, sort of work I make now, or the, the sort of work I've made in the last couple of years if I hadn't have been an actor even though I, I don't appear in it very often I, I do sometimes but um but physically I don't appear in it very often um every everything I do is informed by that experience of of having grown up always wanting to be an actor um going to drama school performing giving up acting mm. <laughs> finding it you know really uh, you know not not for me um definitely and like Bertolt Brecht was my favorite um playwright um and and some a lot of the theories that so he he comes with a lot of theory um I've brought all of that into my work definitely and 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 when I first started the course you know um the not this course the the OCA course the open college course um there were some people who were like, wow, how, how did you, how did you reach that point? This is really earlier on. And I, and I, I know I, I couldn't have done what I was doing had I not been an actor. I mean, my very first or second assignment was me and there were all these blurry shots of me and, and people were quite surprised, you know, people beside me who had started at the same time were quite surprised by it because it was so far away from what they were considered photography although it's not, you know, but, but at right. that time when we were just starting at that level um, and, and I, I wouldn't have, I had a really, really good place to start because of, because of my performance. Um, what kind of performance were you, were you doing? Was oh, when I was an actor. Or? Anything that paid <laughs> um, when you leave drama school. So, um, but, but the sort of theatre that I really uh, appealed to me um, was physical theatre. Um, not not the sort of theatre that you tend to see on the West End stage because it's very up in your head a lot of the time. Right. Uh, very cerebral. I went to see, I talked about Bertolt Brecht, I went to see Thripney Opera at the National Theatre a few years ago and I was very disappointed in it because it's so, it was like EastEnders, you know, and I think Bertolt Brecht would have been quite upset <laughs> to see this very clean, polished performance and production because it, you know, I think I wasn't there when Bertolt Brecht was around, but I think things were messier and grimy and dirty and full of energy and 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 not and not just television reproduced on a stage, which is what it felt like. Which I'm, you know, I feel bad saying that because the actors, you know, I don't want to hurt hurt anyone's feelings, but for me, the production—it's not the actor's fault. It's, it's like a it's it's an entire thing, right? It's a team effort. It, but it's cult, it's a cultural thing. It's the National Theatre. It's this posh, 
place with lots of money that people go to to have a nice time and that's not what Brecht, Brecht is about as far as I'm aware. So it, The thing that I find kind of strange about acting is it feels like a, a lot of other art is like a solo pursuit. Does that make sense? But yeah. Acting feels a lot more collaborative. It it generally is some, it's, it's normally like a group of people or at least two people bouncing yeah. off of one another. Yeah. And that's what's so great about it. That's, and, and it's that answer. So um, physical theatre is often ensemble theatre and ense- by ensemble, I mean, people working together. There's no one, you know, the, the person with the most lines isn't the most important person. There's no star. Right. Everybody's working together and and everybody's as valuable as everybody else you work together in the group in the collective you know and and of course that's idealism i'm i'm talking in quite idealistic terms because egos get in the way but that's the that's the ideal and um that is definitely something that is really important to me not you know the working together the lack of hierarchy um the the just Everybody that they're giving, you know, for, for, for the project and for the work um, is, is kind of something that, you know, I aspire to. Um, but I've, I've kind of got this thing inside of me. I really like working on my own. So and I think that's why I'm more of a, a, a visual artist, if that's, that is a term that I've gone because, because it's, because I'm not just a photographer. So I have chosen yeah, visual so. artists. So, 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 it, it, you know, I guess I'm a visual artist rather than an act, rather than an actor, because I really, really like working on my own, but also I'm quite good at working with other people sometimes, sometimes, not always, but sometimes. But do you collaborate I, often with other um, not often, but I do. I do collaborate, but I do get frustrated. And I think because because I was because I was trained as an actor, I, I sound like um, what's his face? Oh God, there's the uh, what's the famous the famous film? I told you I would forget things. Really famous. <laughs> oh yeah, it's on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> and he goes, "Me, a trained actor, reduced to the status of a bum." You know who I mean? Anyway, I can't. I can't. Um, think of I'll, it. I'll think about it, and I'll. I'll it'll come to my. <laughs> It'll one, o'clock, come to me. one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> like, oh, no, that was it. Um, <coughs> so, so I, I get frustrated because because I did that training and I I know how to commit to playing games. When I join in with a group who haven't got that commitment level of commitment, I get you know unfairly. I get really like, <laughs> why is no you know why are why, why is everyone giggling? It's you know now is not the time to giggle because we'll get so much more if we actually commit to this. So so yes, I I, I do like collaborating, but I also find it frustrating if if I'm not collaborating with people who have similar skills and similar backgrounds. Um, it did. It did do some collaboration with some people recent a uh, couple of years ago, which was great. It was really productive and really good. Um, but 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 also, I I felt very isolated in it because I'm so you know I have that experience of of being in a group where everyone really truly does become part of the ensemble and and works towards something. And and when you're an actor 
what's really weird is you do your six weeks together, you're really, really close, and then the job ends, and then you don't see each other ever again. And you've created this whole universe, and it's been really real, and really everyone's been committed, you know, very, very much committed to it. And then it just dies, and then it goes, and you go off to the next job. So, it, it, yeah. That must be really strange. I, I know that, <laughs> the, I guess the closest thing I've ever experienced to that is that I used to be in a lot of bands. And when you get, I don't know, let's just pick a number, let's say two people collaborating on on one idea, whether it's a song, it's probably the same for acting. You almost get this like third mind, right? It's it's a bit magic in a way. Yeah, yeah. It's wonderful, isn't it? Where, you get, where your ego disappears for a bit. Right. And, and and everybody's working on something together. But you have things come out of it that you would never have done in isolation. I know, I know. Um, and, and I, you know, so one of the things that's really important in my work, in my visual artwork, <laughs> is, is that I lo- I'm wanting to explore this relationship we have with individualism and the conflict between individualism and the group. And, you know, as Westerners, we are extremely individualistic and, and I am, you know, we just are, that's who we are. That's what we are. And we bring our children up and to, to be individual. And we think that's a wonderful thing. And, and, you know, that's who, that's what we do. But actually we've, we've abandoned the group in the process of becoming this extremely individual um, culture weird, though, isn't it because you would think with like the rise of social media and how connected everybody is you would think that the people would be more like there'd be a big bigger community so i think i i think we are going towards that and i know that it's really awful at the moment that everybody you know we feel like society's breaking down and i think there are things that are breaking down and, and, and there's some really terrible stuff going on in the UK and across the world um, and two societies and people are lonely. But I think we are going through a process where two things, two like opposing forces are happening. One, we are becoming more, we are becoming less individualized and at the same time becoming more individualized. And, and these two different forces are pulling in opposite directions. And that's why there's so much conflict and so much kind of fraught energy in 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 mm. culture at the moment because these two different things are happening i think i think social media and not so much social media i actually don't like social media mostly but but digital the digital medium is actually a threat to individualism and i think that is kind of what is informing quite a lot of the entrenched attitudes and weird right wingery that's going on i do wonder i do wonder just or hearing you talk then is you know how um we were just saying about you know when you truly collaborate with another artist on something you almost get that that third mind happen where it's an idea that maybe neither of you would come up with i wonder if the whole idea of getting likes on things and pursuing a bit, a tiny bit of internet fame or whatever is making, I don't know. I just wonder if it's an ego thing for a lot of people. Like maybe, maybe they're too concerned with what other people think rather than like just doing something really fun. Um, yeah, because that's what we, that's what the, the, that's why I don't like social media because that's, 
what the code is making us feel is is really important but it's, it's like driving like, down into like yeah. a more narcissistic kind of yeah but it's not just i mean it's not just social media and it's not just the 2000s this this kind of narcissistic trend has you know according to quite a lot of people has been going on since the 60s at least and we're becoming more and more narcissistic and and i think what do you think maybe we could become so narcissistic that we just just explodes and and actually then it dies um because you know we can't be any more narcissistic than we already are um without you know really compromising how we exist which is already compromised really so maybe you know i always try to be hopeful I really try to be, I know it's quite hard at the moment to be hopeful, um, but I, I do think we are moving into a new kind of state of being. It, it may take 20 years, it may take 100 years, it may take 300 years, and and then there will be some different way of existing that we won't recognise. I mean, I already, you know, there's already <laughs> um, like a massive... Um, chasm amongst generations isn't there um, yeah and it feels like it's almost growing do you yeah. know what like I'm, I'm sure literally everybody that's ever lived has thought that they're living through history like one day this stuff <coughs> will be in books and it's all super interesting and the reality is when you read a history book it jumps hundreds of years at a time mm, right mm. the interesting things don't happen that often but i i just feel like now definitely is going to be a time that goes into history books everything from sort of the 2000s and the late 90s, you know, everything from September 11th to to today, you know, we've had pandemics, we've had wars, we've had, we've had some lunatic in charge of America, you know, <laughs> like we, we've had some, we, we've got our own lunatic in this country. Like it's, I don't know, it, it definitely feels like what we're going through now is going to be important someday. I think it's quite seismic. I, I say quite, I mean seismic. I take away the quite. I think it's really seismic what's ha- what we're living through. And it just um, feels kind of like, because we're living through every day. But yeah, I, I, and I think it is to do with the technology. And I think it goes back to the 50s. I think, you know, it, it wasn't felt till the 90s, but it goes back to the 50s. This mm. completely new way of communicating, which is totally and utterly unlike any way of communicating that has come before um so you know when when you look through history books like the invention of the wheel was really big the invention of agriculture was really big and the printing was really big and and digital culture (laughs) is one of those really really big things um because it just changes how that stuff informs art of the time is really interesting as well yeah, like so the that's... art that was happening around the time of the Second World War is super interesting. Yeah, there's like the '60s and everything that happened there with that explosion of psychedelics, and there was a lot of really interesting stuff that happened mm. then. Yeah, d- d- whenever I think whenever there's a massive shift, a massive transition, then some great art comes out. When I I grew up in South Africa, and when I first came to England, I was 16, and I don't, you know, I was a child, so I can't, it's hard for me to know what the, what the reality is, but 
I'm sure that the art, the theatre in South Africa was way more vibrant than the theatre I saw, I, I was exposed to when I got here at 16, 17, 18, 19. And it felt at the time that the reason the theatre in South Africa was more vibrant was because there was something so powerful to fight against and to speak out against, which was apartheid. Whereas here, things, you know, things weren't great. There were, you know, Brixton riots and all sorts of things going on in, in the 80s that, that were pretty, pretty grotesque and Thatcher and poll tax riots. But it, it just didn't seem to, I don't know, I was 16, so you know, I can't, I can't, it's my, the lens I had at that time can't be accurate, but it just seemed that things here are a bit, people were less, had, had less energy than what was going on. It was so vibrant, the, the, that South African theatre, really, truly amazing. Amazing. I just wonder, you know, because 10 years before that in the seventies, you had the pistols, and you know, that whole yeah. movement. I, I wonder whether or not maybe you caught like the the tale of, I might, of I might that very done. vibrant thing yeah. that happened in this country because there was a lot. There I'm was sure. Lot I'm sure there was. Um, and also, I was going through a massive culture shock because it was quite it was quite a big culture shock. Um, I bet. I bet. <laughs> was he a really creative kid as well? Uh, was I? I was really naughty at school. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't really get on with with uh, school. I, I wasn't, you know, I, I was in plays and things. I did drama. Um, I did do. So I I remember um, doing art at school when I was nine and ten, or eleven or whatever. And um, my mum really saying, "No, you're really good. You must go with that." And my dad was like, "You must be an actor." And I was like, "Oh God, what must they do? Must you know?" And I ended Are they up creative. Your parents, yeah. So my dad was a comedian. And my mum was a journalist. So, yeah, yeah. We, we, we're we not sporty types. I was talking about a friend, uh, this with a friend today because I've got three boys and none of them play sport. And I was like, it's my fault because I don't take them to sport. But we're just not. It's just not who we are. We, you know, we read, we write, we we uh, <laughs> listen to music. Mm. Yeah. What music you listen to nowadays? Oh, God. What music? Um <laughs> Uh, I haven't listened to well anything on Spotify. Loads of things on Spotify. I'm I'm a bit of a boring music person, actually. You have to ask my children what they listen to. It'd be more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still listening to the same stuff I was listening to when I was in my twenties, which is all probably modern modern love songs. <laughs> all, all sorts of things I listen to. Do you listen to music while you're creating? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. Um, I, I did. Very much to begin with, I listen to, I've got soundtracks on Spotify that I know were, you know, equate with different projects. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So these are ones, so these are sound, almost like a soundtrack to a project that they, is that just for the life of the one project and just just on repeat? Yeah, and then, so I'm trying to think back to what I was I can't, I can't remember that, but basically I listened to about, I don't know, a, a, a list of songs, maybe about 15 or 20 songs when I was making the first pro- first, that project of blurry photographs of me and the, you know, back 2014. Mm. And as soon as I finished that project, I just didn't want to listen to those songs anymore. And, you know, and I, I had to. Like they'd served their purpose. 
yeah, I had to make a new, a new, uh, but, but, so I don't know if you've noticed this, there is quite a lot of music in, in my um, work on my website. Some of it is original and some of it is appropriated from old films um, that I find on, on the web. And, and I do, when I, when I'm working, when I'm making those, those projects, the audio plays a part in making, you know, in, in the making, it influences how I edit or what pictures I choose or take or steal. So is it starting with, is it starting with the music and then onto the visuals or does it start with the visuals and then? No, no, no. Sometimes it's just an accident. Sometimes it just, yeah. One of the criticisms I had when um, I was doing the course the, the open college course, open college of the arts was like, you know, you don't plan anything. You don't have a, have an agenda. You don't, <laughs> you, you don't um, think of something you want to say and then say it. Cause I don't, I, I'm really, you know, and, and that is probably not very helpful for me. I don't know. It's just not how I work. So I just, I meander through things, throw things together, see if they work. A lot of time they don't. Um, and 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 when they do, when I find when I stumble across something, I go, oh, I like that, and then I'll and then I'll carry on working with it. And it might be music, it might be a picture, it might be film, it might be a bit of writing, and whatever that is could end up in the finished thing that's on my website, or it could be discarded at some point. So it, it's quite a haphazard, chaotic way of working. And I worked with a, a composer once. We were put together on a on a collaboration and she just thought I was just not very helpful at all <laughs> because I was like no I you know I she just yeah we just had very different ways of working but were you that person you said earlier you don't like when you're put together with somebody that doesn't take it seriously they're not like they won't no the I was taking it was really <laughs> yeah I was that person I was really annoying no I was taking it really seriously but I just you know she wanted me to say this work is about this subject right. and I couldn't because that's not how I work. I don't, I don't, I don't pick a subject and make work about a subject. I mean, I wish I did really. It'd be, I mean, I do, of course I, I have done. If you look at some of my still photography, um, I have done that, but, but essentially I don't, it's not what I do. I'm not, I'm not interested. I, I find that kind of work quite dictatorial and um, I don't feel I don't feel qualified to tell other people what to think or what's right and what's wrong. I mean, I have right. my own moral boundaries, of course. Um, but you're not and, trying to document something. Yeah, no, mostly I'm not. I mean, I have done documents, but yeah, documentary work. But no, I'm trying to. I'm trying to make sense of 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 what things mean, <laughs> of, what, of of how to be, of what life is, what what it means to be alive and what it means to be living in a world that's chaotic and what it means to be living in a world where meaning shifts and, and, and people don't say what they really mean. (laughs) And, uh, you know, and language can, can mean a million different things and, and nothing. Sometimes it can mean nothing. And, you know, I'm just, that's what I'm doing. I'm just trying to make sense of the world. I know it sounds, that sounds really obtuse. Sorry. And no, it doesn't. It doesn't. Not at all. I think that's what a lot of us are trying to do. Like, I know you could have that conversation and it could sound quite pretentious, but I think that is kind of, we're all just trying to work this shit out as we go along. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel the same. Have you managed to work anything out yet? Like, have you had any of those epiphanies yet? I had an epiphany when I had my first son. I suddenly was like, ah, oh, right, okay. So this is why I'm here. And of course, that's that. You know, that's quite reductive because you don't have to have children to have meaning in your life. But it, it did give me some purpose. Um, I, I, I think it was the first time I felt I had purpose um, when I when I had my first child. I don't think I ever felt that I had any purpose before that. But, you know, that didn't come through art. That just came through giving birth. Um, Did you feel um, like before that, was there any points before that where you did feel like you had purpose and then afterwards you were like, oh, okay, like I didn't, now I do? Or did you just feel kind of directionless, like a bit of an yeah, aimless arrow before? Yeah, I pretty much felt quite lost most of my life. You know, not in a bad way, but yeah. I, I just, you know, I, I kind of remember as a child looking at people and thinking, God, they just know how to do things. They know how to make friends. They know how to behave. They know, and of course they don't. Everybody just learns how to, how to act in the right way, don't we? We all learn <laughs> we how to behave in the right way. But... You know, but I just really watched everyone going, wow, how do they know how to do that? Um, and I think that's what I'm still doing. Um, that, so- that, that was the epiphany I think I had in my maybe early 30s, very, very late 20s. Before that, I felt like other people, you have those like epiphanies every three years. You're like, I've got this life thing sorted. I know what this is now. And then you're like, oh, no, I don't. No, I have no idea. <laughs> but there, there was a point, I think like I say, late 20s, early 30s, where I had that epiphany where I was like, oh, there's no working. It's just a question. It, like, it's a good question with no answer and yeah. nobody has the answer. And some people will tell you they do, but they're lying. Like, there's... They're lying. And I don't think lying. I realised that until, like, literally a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 but I think a lot of people don't realise it. And not everyone, you know, I think lots of people do realise it. But there's quite a few people, I think, who never realise it. And, and, you know, when I, so I, I also work as a, like a headshot photographer, just doing corporate headshots, you know, quite straightforward stuff. Mm. And um, you can always, you know, if someone says, oh, I'm not embarrassed to have my photo taken, I'm fine. And then, and then they kind of shrink because they're not being honest with themselves. Um, and the people who are like, oh, this is really uncomfortable. Oh, I don't like it at all. And then you, you know, you've hopefully with most of them, um, you know, you find a way to relax and, and everybody has a laugh and, and you find a nice photo for them after a while. But it's the one, you know, it's the ones that admit to being finding it uncomfortable that are easiest to work with, really. The ones that are the ones that deny it. We go, I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with having my photo taken at all. And it's kind of like, a weird, painful experience. I mean, I literally, right. I, 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 I shoot weddings and all sorts of stuff, but being the other side of the lens is is almost painful like it's so awkward it's horrible and i I've, I've never managed to get my head into the space there some people you'd have definitely come across these people as well but you know some people you just take a photo of them and it doesn't really matter whether or not they're uh whatever the social conformity is for for being attractive there are some people that just take an amazing photograph. They are. It's weird. And, and they it? just look completely relaxed. You're like, that is you. Like, that is exactly what I see in real life. Immediately, you, you hit the shutter and that's what they look like. Really weird, isn't it? It's so weird. Because I look like some kind of gremlin 
some humunculus like weird looking guy and then these are the, these strange creatures that just look really really photogenic all the time I've, I've never managed to get my head around a anybody that's confident enough to be like yeah no problem take my photo but be anybody that actually looks relaxed it's the least relaxing thing in the world. It is the least relaxing thing in the world. It is really strange. There is something. When I first started doing it, when I, first, I, I was doing, like, because I used to be an actor, I was doing actors, and this girl, young girl, well, she was, you know, a young woman, turned up at my door, drenched in rain, and, you know, she just come up, traipsed across London in terrible weather, opened the door, and she was just like a drowned rat. Anyway, then she went upstairs, sat down, <laughs> lifted up my camera looked through the lens and she was transformed it was just the most extraordinary thing and she was absolutely incredible to photograph and that was my first experience of that you know you hear photographers say oh some people just you know love the lens they love the camera and and or at um, least the camera loves them yeah the camera loves them and you think no, that's just nonsense but it is true was she still I- soaked no, she kind of sure. dried her hair, but you know, she, she, I mean, but she hadn't done much. She, you know, she hadn't like had some makeup, full makeup or anything like that. She towel dried her hair, kind of just changed her top, sat down, <laughs> and, and just, that was was, it. yeah. And she's, and I'd never really seen anything like that before, you know, just through the lens. She just looked great. Before um, you'd even fired off a shot. Yeah. I was just like, wow that is that's that's what they mean so weird but it is rare that is quite rare most most people just you know are most actors like that i've never i've never photographed an actor i've never no most actors are not like that at all a lot of actors some actors are fine you know and they're quite comfortable and and confident and they're very used to it and they'll do it and they'll put on their schmam and it's not really them but they're good at they're good at what they do they Mm. can do it that's what i imagined yeah but not all, loads not, aren't right. loads and 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 ha- having your headshot done is just horrible and loads of it loads of actors find it horrible because there's no script so when you're when you're in a play you've got a script you've got a director you've got other actors and and you've got all these things to lean on to you know that you can use but when you just sat in front of a ca- and also when you're doing headshots you've got this massive pressure they're really expensive for actors to get um, and you've got to get the shot that's going to get you all the auditions. And so they're all really, you know, it's, it's, it, it, some, some turn up with a lot of baggage because of course it's an expensive uh, process and you've r- a lot riding on it. So on this one shot that you hope is going to get you, going to get you some work. So It feels like, it feels like they almost turn up not physically, but like emotionally. <laughs> It's oh, almost yeah. like it strips you, like you're nude, right? Like like they're just sat there and they're kind of vulnerable, I guess is the word. Yeah, they are vulnerable. For. I mean, I know. And and also, I don't know, you know, if you're an actor, you've probably got one of those faces that looks different in every single frame. And and, and then which one do you choose? You know, what which look do you choose? Um, you probably, it's not all actors are quite chameleon-like, but, but many are. And so... You know, and, and you've you basically got to choose one that looks like you. But if you're the sort of person who looks completely different, depending on what you're wearing or how you do your hair or what your makeup is, it's, that's quite tricky. Yeah, some people sort of transform as well. Like, yeah. I, you know, there's definitely some movie 
some movies that I've seen where you see one actor and then from one movie to the next it's clearly the same person, but they almost look different. Like they hold themselves yeah. in a different way. And like, like you say, they transform. It's, yeah, it's really that, bizarre. That is the job of acting. Unfortunately, casting directors generally opt for casting actors to play one part for their, you know, if they become famous it's in, in certain, in certain genres. Then right. the poor actor gets typecast and has That's to play it. the same role again and again and again because, you know, people pe- people want to pigeonhole everybody. You said one of your first proper projects that you did was a lot of self-portraits. Were you playing a role then? Was that? No. Do you know what I learned when I was doing that um, was that the best photographs were when I, they caught me off guard, when I accidentally let the, you know, camera shoot a shot you know by accident somehow there was one where I was sort of trying to do something and and it and it went off on the auto on the self-timer and and it was one of the best shots because I wasn't doing anything and I realized the less you do and that and that is you know you hear that all the time of actors in front of so theater acting has to be big and film acting you know the less you do the, the, the so that so the same goes the the more effective it is, I mean, you know, it depends on, more on, natural. on what yes. you're doing. But yeah, you really don't need to do very much at all if you're in front of a camera. It all has to be. So this is, uh, when I was studying this big argument about the word truth, and there is no truth in the whole uh, sort of, you know, postmodern, postmodern um, arguments. There's no such thing as truth, but whatever as an actor you're looking for truth and and basically you're looking to like everyone thinks you pretend to be someone else but you're not you, you you're trying to be the most you within the situation that you've been given in that in that script so if you are a woman who has been through second world war and has lost your family you know how who would you be in that situation as as your as yourself rather than as somebody else that, right okay i see so you're so, you're almost putting yourself in in the shoes of yeah. that person well, you, you, that's exactly what you're doing you're putting yourself in the shoes of that person of that of that character and you become that character and and you and you do you become so so when when you're acting, if you really get into the role, then sometimes the role spills out into your into your real life. I mean, I I played a a woman who wanted a baby once, and I swear to God, I got not fat, but I put on loads of weight. <laughs> so I think this character was a little bit podgy. So I became a little bit podgy, and um, yeah, it's it's kind of it is quite strange. It's it's not very. It, yeah, I think that's why you have to be quite. You have to be quite stable in, in yourself. And if you're not, it's not a great profession to be in, although there are plenty of people who are unstable in it, but yeah. Yeah, I think there are, there are quite a few <laughs> unstable people. <Yeah. laughs> do, you, when you, do you invest yourself in the same way then when you do your projects? Do you kind of get completely absorbed? Because it sounds like between the playlists and like, it sounds like you must get kind of wrapped up into it in a way where you just want to let that go at the end. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. I, I do, I do get very wrapped up in it. And um, I mean, I think, any, you know, anyone who is doing any kind of work, you kind of get, get into a zone, don't you? And that's when the work sort of starts to, starts to happen. 
Do you um, find yourself obsessing? Is lying awake at night writing notes <laughs> until four in the morning, <laughs> obsessing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I do. do. I do. Yeah, I obsess about stuff, and and then I have all these plans, and then I get up at six in the morning and or five in the morning even, and make stuff, and and then hate it, and and then you know rip it apart, and then put it back together. So yeah, yeah. I mean, how do you know when that, it's done? If you're obsessed over it like that, how do you know when it's done? I guess I get tired. I don't know. So I suppose one of the good things with the with with college, with your learning, you're learning to do stuff is things are often done because you've come to the end of your course. You know, so that gives you a bit of a bit of a boundary or mm. come to the end. So, but so for like the, I think in the middle of the course, I made some. I made a film which ended the sort of level two section. And I, I wasn't done with it. So I pulled bits of that into the next work. Um, and so it's kind of plattered, if that makes sense, those those threads of work. And and they'll probably remain plattered. You know, threads of, those threads will continue into the next. So nothing's ever done. You're always going back to stuff and always reusing stuff. And if you haven't finished with the inquiry that you're trying to figure out, it's not done, is it? Even if you might make another project um so yeah i I think that's a really lovely place to uh to to start winding down for the episode Mm. i'm going to ask you the paul bent question that he asks everybody so i'm going to do my best impression of him (coughs) what's what's one tiny thing sarah jane that brings you joy like i i can give you a couple of seconds to think about it if you want i can give you a tiny thing that brings me joy if that helps yeah give me a tiny yeah i'd like to hear what i really like it when the indicator in my car syncs up with the music that i'm listening to you know like if the ticking (laughs) and they start happening on beat that that's like that's that is joyful that is really really pleasing just like a tiny little thing okay uh clean sheets clean sheets just freshly washed clean sheets yeah definitely that's a really good one too the best (laughs) tony's always telling me that it's a clean sheets and shave legs she's forever trying to get me to shave my legs she says Uh apparently like (laughs) freshly clean sheets and shaven legs is apparently a really nice thing it's a weird feeling i know for me the shave legs i could i'm not bothered about that either (laughs) but that is a weird feeling the shave legs and the clean sheets but the clean sheets when they smell nice and and they're just crisp and especially, you know, because you change your sheets when the last ones are a bit grubby. Not that grubby. I'm not, I'm not, I feel filthy <laughs> yeah. much, but you know. It's only it, like six, 12 months. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only that. You slept in them for a few days. So, you know, they, they need to go. And when, whenever I'm ill, I somehow struggle out of my bed, out of my pit. I've got to clean my, I've got to change my sheets because it's the best feeling when you're ill to get into some clean sheets. Yeah. Freshens up a bit more. Yeah. Oh, it just makes you feel so much better. Yeah. I like that one. I like that one a lot. Definitely do that. Do you have a shout out for for this week? Yeah. So um, I I don't know if you know um, Mandy Williams' work. Do you know Mandy Williams? I don't. What kind of work does Mandy do? So well, take a look. Um, she it, there's a she's really playing with stuff at the moment. So um, a lot of black and white imagery, but she's kind of using digital um, uh, manipulation to twist it and to disrupt it. And it's landscape 
Um, and it's an expression of, you know, what's sort of the landscape that we live in today, which is is being manipulated and thwarted and turned upside down and twisted. Um, and she's one of the most supportive people. I, I think, you know, I've really noticed, I've been watching, well, I, I connected with Mandy years ago on Instagram um, and she connected back and, you know, she's, she's always very generous um, and supportive and kind. And she's doing really, really well at the moment because she's just graduated from her MA. Um, and, you know, she was quite successful before she did the MA and she's just flying now. And it's just brilliant to see someone who deserves it because she, you know, she's very generous as well with her time. Um I love this. I'm just looking at her website now. Yeah, she's um, great. She's great. com. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, that... Uh, and she's really good. She's this, really, you know... This uh, disrupted, uh, uh, what is it, disrupted landscapes. Yeah. I think that maybe that's what you're referring to, with this yeah. kind of yeah. really interesting, skewed imagery, like lots of <laughs> so frames I, within I, frames and stuff. Know, one of the great things about it, there's just no snobbery. There's none of the competitive putting down or snobbery or trying to get one over anyone else she's just a really good supportive and and great at what she does as well beautiful work yeah, yeah. so mandywilliams.com mandy williams photography on instagram right yes yeah that's a great pick oh uh, yeah i really like mandy's work i'm really glad you've uh, introduced me to i'm gonna follow her right now uh, my right. pick this week is a, a record it's kind of a solo act. I think I've shouted out um, Art School Girlfriend before. So Art School Girlfriend is is a, a lady from from Wales. I think she lives in, in England now. I think she lives in like Margate or something. But she's just released an album. This has literally been the most exciting thing to have happened to me all year, I think. <laughs> <laughs> this She's had like a few EPs before and they've been amazing. But this album is called Is It Like Where You Are? Mm-hmm. It's just incredible absolutely incredible from what i can gather as well she's also been taking um images and turning them into synthesizers Uh, using this like wavetable technology and it's just it's bloody incredible the soundscapes in it are really amazing i mean she's just this amazing magical lady like you need to go listen to this record it's it's really good really really good thank you so yeah that's my pick for this week um so tune back in in two weeks' time. I can't remember who we're speaking to. Um, I believe we've got a documentary photographer in, um, but I won't say too much. Uh, maybe I'll tease that on Instagram or something. But thank you, everybody, for joining us. And thank you, Sarah Jane, for for joining us this week. Apologies that we didn't have Paul in, um, but he'll be back with us on the next episode, I'm sure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Cheers, everybody. Catch Cheers. you later. Thank you.